Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Divided Films, the podcast where we talk about movies that audiences and critics disagree on. Uh, my name is JJ, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Keith. Hello! And joining us again on the podcast is the very talented Melanie Rivera-Waldman. Welcome back, Mel. Thanks for having me. Hello, hello, hello. It's uh, always a joy having you on, Mel. Um, Love being here. Getting your uh, your funny insights into all these movies. So uh, today, you know, it's getting warmer. We're approaching the summertime. So one can't help but think of shark movies. And uh, so for today's Divided Film, we're discussing the 2016 shark movie, The Shallows, starring Blake Lively. This movie falls into the category of having a fresh score with critics and a rotten score with audiences. And Rotten Tomatoes, 78% of the critics approved, but only 59% of audiences approved. So just shy of a fresh audience score. And the critics' consensus, lean and solidly crafted, The Shallows transcends tired shark attack tropes with nasty thrills and a powerful performance from Blake Lively. Uh, So, you know, the thing about the the consensus here that I'm not entirely sure I agree about is if this movie transcends shark attack tropes. Because, you know, at times I feel like this movie is trying to be a different kind of shark attack movie. It's, you know, at times trying to be sleek. At times it's trying to subvert those shark attack cliches. But then other times it's relying on them. And I think ultimately it turns into a conventional shark movie towards the end, which is a little disappointing. I do think it's a good movie. I enjoyed it. But, you know, I think it could have been a lot better. And I was a little disappointed uh, just because I feel like there was a lot of potential there. But uh, this is my first time watching it. What about uh, you, Mel? This was my first time watching it. Um, I just have to point out the fact that y'all chose the shark fight movie uh, with your one, you know, guest who is an amputee. <laughs> Sorry. To well, I mean, I had she to. doesn't lose the leg. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having... That well, did not occur to me at no, all. No, no, no. It's but totally fine. I we'll cancel to. ourselves. I'm uh, very sorry. I, I just thought it was funny. No, it gives me like the Bethany Hamilton flashbacks, though, because I did see Soul Surfer. I was a fan of Soul Surfer, and I kind of wasn't sure how that would compare. Like, you think of shark movies, you think of Jaws. I mean, I think right. of Soul Surfer sometimes, but definitely Jaws first. Um, so I was wondering, like, where between the two of those this might land. I definitely was interested to see if this was going to be based on a true story, which I don't think it was. Um, but we'll get into that. No, it wasn't. Yeah, uh, we'll get into it. But uh, yeah, I'd never seen it before this. This was my first time. You know, what did you have any ideas of what this movie was going to be when you're going into it? And like, what was what was your expectations versus what it turned out to be for you? Absolutely. I think that going into it, I was expecting that thriller kind of sense of just somebody being live bait for a shark, even though like, if you know a little bit about oceanography, it's not really how sharks operate is to like, to be out have of, a vendetta. Yeah, yeah, like to be so aggressive, uh, not to spoil it, but you know, just to have that, like, that thought was in my mind, like, okay, is this going to be like a bunch of sharks? Is this one shark? How is this going to go down? Um, 
usually I stay away from thrillers. Which this, this was like somewhere between a thriller and a surf movie for me, which I actually enjoyed that part of it. It actually gave me something to watch. And like, it was beautiful the way that they captured it. I think they said it was like, it was not Tijuana where they filmed. Like they said it was Tijuana, but it was somewhere else. Yeah, someone mentions Tijuana, but then I think Blake Lively says like, oh, I'm not in Tijuana. It, I don't know. That was like a throwaway line, I guess. So I'm not sure exactly where this takes place. But um, but yeah, I, I agree. Like, you know, one of the comments from the audiences is how sharks don't stalk out one prey. You know, they're opportunists. And, it, you know, I, I kind of get a sense that once the shark, you know, spoiler alert, eats a couple of the other people, who goes surfing in right. there, then it might, it might stick around a little while to see if there's more opportunity for food, but for it to stalk out Blake lively is a little ridiculous. I feel like that's another shark attack trope is that, you know, in these movies, they like to make you think that sharks go out of their way to attack humans. When again, in actuality, it's like whatever food is nearby, it's going to get, it's not like sharks and humans are natural enemies or anything. So that's again, like, another cliche I'm seeing in this movie that I thought it would try to move past. What about you, Keith? What was your uh, history? If this uh, also is a first time viewing for you. No, I've seen this before. uh, And I probably watched it in like the best setting one could. I just watched it like a Saturday matinee, like not in the theater. I just like watched it at, uh, our apartment back in the day, uh, you must have been out. And I, for an hour and a half, you were out. Uh, but, uh, and I just like, you know, you're, it engages me enough to go like, okay, this is pretty goofy. But it's also like, it made me nostalgic for like, these kind of movies that I used to see in middle school and high school Friday and you know, the weekend, just like there are thrillers that come out that, you know, it's, it served. It's, I like, a, I like movies like this, someone who is trapped in an area and has to get out. I, yeah. I have a, I have a, a soft spot for those kind of movies and you know, the list goes on her, her, uh, Blake's husband did a great one. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, I should say, uh, her husband. <laughs> her nameless uh, husband. Her nameless husband uh, did a great one called Buried, and I, it's like it's a, it's about Ryan Reynolds trapped in a coffin, and he has to get out. He's being buried alive, and it's just like, and it holds your attention for an hour and a half. And right. I know, like when I watch this again, I'm I, and reading the comments, I'm like. Oh, I, the, the shark needs a reason to attack. Like, I'm not angry. At, it's goofy. I will 100% it's goofy, but I don't need, like, a marine biologist explaining to me, like, why this cannot happen. It's like it's like if bees or alligators, like, attack. I don't need, like... Right, it's a creature being, feature, basically. It's a creature feature, but they tried not to make it a creature feature. That The director was very adamant about that. <laughs> right, the focus is more on... Like lively, I was reading that it's a movie about like per- survival, right? Because the established yeah, it's a survivor thriller, right, right. And you know, I think that there's a compelling backstory there. Why she goes to this secluded beach, even though it is very unwise for her to do so by herself, right? She goes to this beach because it's the beach that her mom went to when she was pregnant with her, and 
you know, but everything about her getting there has red flags. Like she goes oh, to yeah. this secluded oh. beach by herself. And when the guy who drives her is like, how are you going to get back? She goes, Uber. It's like, Uber. Who? You're in the- he says, yeah, who? He's, he's like, who's Uber? But it's like, Uber, you're in the middle of nowhere. How is anyone going to get, you're probably not even going to get a signal out there. The rates on that must be through the roof. He won't even <laughs> yeah, tell her like- the name of where they are. She says, what is the name of this beach? Nothing. Yeah, she doesn't even know. Dead are you going to get a GPS signal? Yeah, probably not. Uh, so, you know, it's got one of those kind of situations too where it's like, oh no, everything about this is just, you're putting yourself in danger there. Um, but again- Surfer's rule is you never surf alone. Like that's that's a pretty big oh. thing that's known is like you, and she just was like, I don't care. Um, I mean, that's, I mean, I grew up by the beach. And maybe that's just something I know. Told. It's a wise rule. Right. I mean, not in Tijuana, not, not in Tijuana, like, or wherever yeah. the hell in Mexico. They were. Yeah, somewhere in Mexico, wherever that is in Mexico, that's not a rule. But you know, when she first goes out there, there there's two other surfers, so it's like, oh, okay, she's not totally by herself. But when those two surfers go back and they're like, hey, it's getting like, she goes, no, I'm gonna stay out for a little while longer. It's like, what? <laughs> it's like getting dark, the sun's about to set, and you're all by yourself in the middle of nowhere. Why at least ask those guys for a ride back or something? I, I don't know. It seemed like they bonded too while they were surfing. Like they seemed like very kind people. Although Yeah, they were they were nice guys. That, yeah. You know, it could have been worse. But then there was uh, that one other random character who I don't <laughs> even know how it gets guy. there. The drunk guy. <laughs> yeah, he like Where waves he come and from? then comes into the water. You know, like Blake Lively spends the first night there. Uh, or it, I mean, it's only night. She's it's like I guess a, a twenty-four reef, hour situation. Yeah, yeah. When she's on the reef or on the rock there in the in the early hours of the next day, there's all of a sudden a drunk guy passed out on the beach holding a bottle of tequila, and it's like, how did that guy stumble onto this secluded beach? There's no town or homes nearby, and yeah, you know, I don't know what this guy's problem was because he's stealing her stuff, and then he decides to go into the ocean to steal her surfboard, and then he gets attacked. His dismemberment, you mean? Well, he's <laughs> bitten in half. <laughs> he gets bitten, and he's crawling out of there, bitten at the waist. It reminded me of the, <laughs> that line in Jaws when Quint is telling the story of the USS Indianapolis. Yeah. He goes, well, Chief, he'd been bitten in half at the waist. Like, yeah, yeah, that's from Jaws. There's also another, I mean, that's not a, really a reference to Jaws, but maybe think of it. There were many there of is, those, though. There were plenty of references specifically. Well, when she, she has a smile, you son of a bitch moment when she fires the, f- fires the flare gun at the shark, she says, like, fuck you. Fuck you. Or any- I wish it was fuck off just to give it a little bit of succession into it. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some- You're finish. <laughs> oh. Ooh. That would be something, but <laughs> womp 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 womp, and then that, that goes <laughs> down with the uh, with the flare. Womp womp, like one of the seagulls just womp womp. I did have to read why the water went on fire. I because oh, she, I realized. I thought about that. I was like confused, like why did the whole water go on fire? And then I read, oh, because the whale carcass was secreting some sort of Gases oil, and that's and why. That's why you saw that like oily. Thing in the ocean there but i had to like put two and two together i don't know that whales secrete oils when they're decomposing in the ocean and i guess now i do so thanks shallow well, that's why they were hunted <laughs> yes <laughs> well if i'm blake lively if i'm surfing and i see this whale carcass i'm gonna get the heck out of there that's gonna attract a shark i'm nancy 
Carlos, Charlie. Nice to meet you, Charlie. Nice to meet um, you. Lo siento por mi español de um, high school. You were in the school? No. I mean, I was in medical school, but we didn't have Spanish there. Just cadavers. <laughs> I'll shut up now. Okay, uh, dark in a few hours, so... Oh, I never surf at night. And how are you getting out from here? Uber. Who is Uber? Never mind. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you again for taking me here. I love the... In movies like this, and this one especially, I love the little... Chekhov guns dialogue in the beginning mm. and uh for the if you don't know what a Chekhov gun is it's like when you write about like hey that's an interesting looking mirror Mel and then that mirror comes into play later on in the story and it's just like in this one uh it's like hey the surfers are just like hey this is a great beach except for that piece of coral over there that if you hurt it like if you It'll touch sting it you. it stings like It'll it's like thank you. you thank you I if someone like I know it it's something that no one would say, but it's almost the as the audience you're just like, thank you, I will remember that. Or the I, I would say the one subtle way, like I mean, there's there's the obvious way with the coral, and the subtle way is like her dad who had the easiest job paycheck ever, uh, just going like, you're not in med school anymore. Like, what are you doing with your life? It's like okay, she knows how to stitch herself up. She is some. She's a character of intelligence, and I appreciated that. Well, that to me was actually a very compelling scene because it seemed to be a very realistically painful moment that she's having to to do this rudimentary stitching of her very gruesome-looking wound. I mean, I thought that wound looked very, I guess, I don't know, realistic to me, though all the blood is coming out and everything. That did make me squirm a bit. I was like, oof. Although... A probably even more realistic shark bite would be like I don't know maybe you would see some bone or something oh, like yeah, some that shark doesn't make skin too flap deep of a bite. hanging off or something something yeah it would be in there something a lot more graphic than that but even what you do see I think is is still you know pretty shuddering to see so I think at least that was you know somewhat effective yeah yeah I also really loved you were talking about like things in the beginning that kind of come into play later that beginning shot of that little boy playing soccer on the beach. Um, to me immediately was just like Jaws. Like Jaws is one person alone on the beach who finds a dead body. Except this person finds what's a GoPro. And to me was really lovely because it ended up being like a virtual message in a bottle because you later find out how that comes into play. Right, right. Like <clears throat> I thought it was like a little bit of a clever setup. I really enjoyed you, that. You find the GoPro, he sees, you just, in the beginning, all you see is the footage of the actual shark. So then when you see the guy later on with the GoPro helmet, you know, he's a goner. But um, yeah, also the fact that she was able to get her message out there. It did turn into like a little like um, found footage territory when, you know, she's also recording herself crying and stuff on this GoPro. I'm like, what, you know, what? I appreciate that. You know, it's like no one finds me. I, it, you know, it's like a message in a bottle. Like I yeah. did my best. Absolutely. I, and it, I it wasn't a found footage movie. Like, I, no, I, no, no, I, no, but I, those movies, I think that genre is very rare and almost dead. Yeah. Hopefully we're going to, we're going to talk about a found footage movie later on, but um, oh yeah, that's a bit bottom of the barrel, but in this case, yeah, like uh, I'm glad for the most part, you know, it's, it's not one of those kind of movies. It's, you know, I, I think that there are some beautiful sweeping shots, like Mel mentioned in the beginning during these surfing sequences. Oh, yeah. I thought 
where the movie I thought was gonna go would be like this more minimalist, minimalist. Can I say that right? <laughs> Minimal movie where you have these kind of um, patient shots, these overhead shots of the ocean, of the beach, of the waves. And I think also in other moments of the movie, you get these just shots of nature, like the little crabs getting swept up. And I thought there was going to be more of this motif of just like the forces of nature. And the shark is a part of that. And I, I was kind of, you know, wishing the movie would lean into that a little bit more because it's a beautiful location they're filming in. And I like any sort of story or movie that has the sort of thing where nature is beautiful, but it's also very dangerous. And I think you can maybe encapsulate that in the shot where she's surfing, but then you see the shadow of the shark in the wave, which I also thought was an effective moment. Again, you, you that's like a good lesson to learn from Jaws is, you know, less is more with the shark. So when you see just glimpses, a shadow, a fin, like that's all fine. And that's a good way to build tension at the end of the movie when it's all shark and it's a very CGI looking shark. That's oh. when you lose me. You know, it was goofy at the end. It was end. bad. <laughs> it was a bad shark. Well, you're not going to you... use, you're not going to use Bruce from Jaws. Like, <laughs> no, but, but come I don't know. I, 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 I understand exactly what you mean about like the CGI. Uh, but I will say that the, I was very impressed with the directing. Like I and I realized looking at this guy's work, uh, I want to say get his name right, Hoame Colette Sarah. Like he's kind of the master at these kind of movie, the the Saturday, for, uh, the weekend, teenager, family flick. Like he, uh, you know, just going through his resume, House of Wax, Orphan, oh, a lot yeah. of Liam Neeson movies, and then because of the success of this movie, and it was a uh, success uh he got jungle cruise and he's doing the dc movie black adam with the rock like he is i'm very happy like i don't think this movie he kind of captured a stylistic b movie yeah it's it's you know it's very like tight thriller and i think keith when you mention these sort of situation movies where someone's stuck in one place usually those are like a tight 80 90 minute movie which is fine um, you know, I kind of, it's kind of, I mentioned this before in another episode, but it's the kind of movie my dad calls like a predicament movie. And it's like, yeah, oh, that's a great, I, I love that. <laughs> they're stuck Look in a pickle. Stuck in a pickle now. movie. You know, I think of movies like um, <laughs> Phone Booth or Panic Phone Room, booth. right? The, you know, they're just like stuck in like one place the whole time. This reminded uh, me of a great one uh, that came out of like one or two years later called, uh, it's 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 with alligators instead of uh no i i, I see you. mel is laughing at me uh, it's hard to take alligators seriously crawl. it's called crawl and it's a uh, stars and i could also be butchering i would never laugh at you scodelario british skins british actress uh and she is you know in the middle of a louisiana hurricane she has to go to her father played by barry pepper and he is trapped underneath like in the shelter and you know the house is flooding and in comes uh yeah i remember it's really good i remember seeing trailers for that now that you mention it highly recommend okay uh put it on the list there another creature feature i guess yeah any any idea any creature can be done well alligator shark what have you (laughs) sharknado i was gonna mention too later like (laughs) we can bring it up now because there are 
you know, there's tons of shark movies, but few of them are good, right? So I would say this movie is definitely above the the median line of quality you get from shark movies. Yeah. I don't know if you maybe say it's like, you know, maybe that good or whatever, however you want to rate this movie. But I would say when you compare it to so many other shark movies, it definitely looks a lot better in comparison when you look at, say, like the Jaws sequels or Deep Blue Sea. You know, those are all pr- Deep Deep Blue Sea is bad, but at least it's entertaining the whole way through because it's so crazy. Uh, I was surprised. Audiences were not that because I was curious because I was wondering how many shark famous shark movies are out there. And of course, you got Jaws, which is like miles ahead. Not like the style like that launched a blockbuster and style uh, vision of Steven Spielberg's career. And then you got like all the other movies, but Deep Blue Sea is not like we could not do it on this podcast. Surprisingly, I thought. Yeah, I it was. It's like almost, but not quite divided. It has rotten scores on both sides, but uh, again, at least that one is entertaining to watch. Maybe have like you know, it's so bad, it's good. It's sort been of memed doing... to like it's been memed to infinity. Like uh, probably one of the most know it because of the memes. Right. Well, also the Samuel Jackson kill in that movie is uh, one of the most famous shark kills <laughs> in any shark movie when he's giving the speech and then it's just kind of like killed mid speech. Um, so you have that one. This this one though in particular, uh, the Shallows, the movie at hand, uh, actually also reminded me of Open Water, another predicament movie where you know these characters are stuck, and you know there's like they're in that one they're surrounded by a bunch of sharks. But I think where Open Water disappoints is that it doesn't really pay off the the tension that it builds throughout most of the movie. It kind of ends in a whimper. I don't know if you guys remember that they, one. They die, right? They die, but it's like, yeah, yeah, they die in that one. And it's like, they die off camera too. I think they just like one, like kind of gets bitten and dies overnight. And the other one just kind of like goes underwater. Yeah, it's based and... off a true story, I believe. I remember that was also like, it came out at the like weekend, eighth right. grade, going to the movies. Yeah. That one is also divided, but I feel like there's even less that happens in that movie. So it wasn't even really worth discussing. This just. I just made me angry about how like, you know, people actually like forgot these people. <laughs> right. And I think that one also takes place in another country. So I don't know. It kind of reinforces like, you know, some um, negative stereotypes about how if you go to like another country like Mexico or the, the um, somewhere in the Caribbean, there's like no regulations. No, and- actually, that's a that's a true story that happened to my parents. They went to a beach. Uh, I feel like it was in Barbados. There was no lifeguards. They were going to swim with the turtles on their own to do their own thing, bought their own snorkels Ooh. and things, and they got pulled out by the tide and were like freaking out. Like, oh, we yeah. are on this beach. I went to like a zip line thing with my brother by what like the cruise line and just like thinking about that gave me a flashback, like, oh wait. That wait, the the zip line was sketchy? No, too, the or? zip line was like we were on a cruise. So like we were on on a cruise bus. Oh. So like we were on a planned excursion, whereas my parents were like, We're gonna go do and swim the turtles. No, that was the worst decision they could have done. Whereas yeah, ours was fine. Would... Wow, yeah. Yeah, I would I would like look for like a group excursion. I know, I was like, uh, we're never doing that again. You're never doing yeah, that yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, there's too many scary stories like right. that. The um, ocean is I that went... it's that unpredictable, the ocean. And I think that's even scarier than the sharks. Um what they were saying True. in the film too in this one was like, Oh, you better watch the tide, you better watch the reef. Like it was all of these elements outside of it just being brutes. You know, they, they even said there's no sharks on this beach. That's what they say. 
Right, but like Dick, no sharks come here. But then there's like, yeah, that's another thing with any shark movies. Like, oh, there's we never there's have no sharks, sharks here. here. <laughs> it's like, well, there's one right know. there. What do you <laughs> say about one. that? But they do uh, build but, a lot of tension in this one with like knowing that a right. shark is coming. Um, and you guys know, like, I watch everything with accessibility features. So like closed captions, sometimes audio captioning. The closed captioning was so scary in this because it was like no sound little eerie music and then it said the words water bubbles and it was the spookiest thing i've ever seen i was like oh my god and then i'm thinking like whoever is audio describing for this is probably like laughing their ass off she's stranded and alone on a whale carcass atop the whale carcass the shark attacks from beneath and like being like really dramatic if you ever listen to those things like they are crazy like that but people get really into it especially on a Disney Plus, they get really into that kind of thing. Well, I'm really curious now to check yeah, those out. Yeah, definitely uh, do. It gets annoying if like you're not used to it, but like if you're there to like actually experience it, it is really cool to see also like what plot points in a movie like the storytellers are trying to get across to you. Like what is important for you to pay attention to, whereas you're like, oh look, two seagulls, you know, like that have nothing to right. do with anything. Well, well, that's a good point. That's the best character but in the whole one movie. Se- the that's seagull. one seagull. I'm saying, like, if you see them flying off, like, no, the oh, one okay. seagull though, that was the main character, Steven Seagull, which again, <laughs> I think, kind of, that, that kind of <laughs> undermined, I think, some of the the style and yeah. tension this movie was going for. Yeah. It was just kind of dumb. No, no, there's a shark. In the uh, one of my on my research, I found that in the original script, she was talking to that seagull throughout the whole damn movie. Like enough for them to be like, "We're we're gonna roll it back a lot." Yeah, <laughs> like she was just like narrating her thoughts, uh, and and it was a really good decision. But she was just narrating like, "I have to do something, Mister Seagull." Like <laughs> through this movie, I think actually the my favorite part about it was. The, the writing of the character Nancy, because even from the beginning, she's in the car speaking to somebody who doesn't speak English, and she straight up says, I'll shut up now. Like, Blake Lively's comedic timing in this, to me, was amazing, which was surprising, because this is not a totally funny movie, but she, through the movie, is mostly talking to herself. You know, like, that's... Right. That is what goes on. And it's funny, it just transfers to the seagull. Like, well, you're here to witness this, aren't you? Like, Right, right. I, I'm glad they pulled that back a bit because I don't think I'd be able to take Blake Lively as seriously. But I think she is good in this because she's a very charming actor. Uh, you know, she's got this award-winning smile, which they used a lot in Gossip Girl. You know, <laughs> she's just very he captivating. To. He had to throw in the Gossip Girl. Thank you, JJ. Well, come on. How can you mention Blake Lively without bringing up Gossip Girl? I'm so Girl? proud of you. Yeah, I actually just finished. I I, I just finished that series like uh, a few months ago, so it's not that far off in my memory. Oh, it's so good. But so uh, yeah, she's she. That's I think one of her biggest appeals that makes her such a star is this this mm-hmm. smile that she has, and so you see it in you know again like a lot of the surfing sequences in the beginning you know before things turn south you know she's got this like she's she's living you know um but then when it when it gets more dramatic and she's like in moments of like real pain i think she really sells it and i really bought the suffering that she's going through especially you mentioned the coral reef because i think that's another good touch is just how sharp and painful those can be because you can't see 
mm-hmm. and you know you you can step on any of these sharp uh reefs and so she really hurts herself multiple times in the movie she gets really scratched up and banged up so i thought that was a more realistic touch to it and again nature can be beautiful but it's very dangerous and it's not just the shark that's a danger it's also you know these reefs that can uh you know really cause her some damage i have been there i've kicked a reef before um and it is not fun it is not pretty i was in thailand and like wore a garbage bag over my foot to get home because it was bleeding so much like it's Ooh. it's really but talking about like bleeding and everything like they really did a great job of depicting like what it takes to take care of yourself medically in those instances and i think i know that personally from just traumatic limb loss and living my life i'm no nurse but everything that they presented was accurate from like her wiggling her toes and like she was encouraging her toes come on wiggle move 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 and to me i'm like she's doing that because if she knew she couldn't move her fingers that would be cause for like the need for amputation in the future so doing that allowed her to keep going it was really really interesting like you wouldn't know that she earned her happy ending yeah she earned her happy no i said to my like like this character goes through the shit and then you're kind of like when she when the shark dies you're kind of like yeah like she earned it like she earned her happy ending as well uh i don't think she oh. needed to earn it by like outsmarting the shark and having this battle this is the smartest shark outside of the smart sharks in yeah. Angst, I, it's an angsty I, like, shark it has a vendetta yeah. it's it's a, it's a pissed off shark, shark for, no for reason, vendetta but- yeah, <laughs> but I think <laughs> I think she earns her survival from the way she takes care of herself, and all again, just like the suffering that she is is you know she shows a lot of strength in the movie, and again, I think it might have been more effective if she was able maybe to like just swim away. Maybe the shark just went away after a while, and she's able to get you know it's something a little more subtle. You don't have to like battle the shark and you know have this kind of again very conventional climactic fight with it in order to in order to win and survive it's if, if it's truly a survival movie then you know i think the the pain and the suffering alone and in, in her um determination to overcome that uh i think that's enough for a win for her to to earn her getting out of that situation not this sort of thing where like you know she lets the anchor drag her down so the shark chases her and then the shark is going so fast it impales itself like that to me i'm like i felt like i was watching another movie at that yeah point. yeah it was very out of place a lot of the shark I, interactions were like that but yeah. i can't look i agree with you and and i'm not but you you can see like Mr. Studio Hollywood going like, we got to end on something. Like, this shark has to be killed. We got it. We got to get the kids in the seats. It's we so got to get the couples though. in. It's, it's like, so you got to, you, you yeah. like, especially yeah. for a movie like this, like, I'm not, no, it's I'm so not true. condemning or condoning. I'm just saying like, with a movie like this, you know, that's going to happen. And I would be shocked if it ended on a more art house, uh, like maybe if Robert Eggers made this movie, but I, like, yeah. I, I knew, like, you know, I knew she's not going, like, full-on uh, stabby stat. Like, I'm going to battle the shark. But she used her wits, but I could totally see the studios accept. It's like, no, you're ending. You're going to end on the action. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what's another thing that kind of bugged me, too, in that uh, climactic ending is that, um, you know, she goes through, like, these jellyfish and everything, and it seems like she can see perfectly underwater. Right. And she's able to like, you know, from the the 
the date like the um, the poles on the bottom of the ocean floor to like the jellyfish to like the underneath side of the buoy i'm like if you're if you have no goggles and you're underwater in the ocean Salt you can't water. see anything Salt water <laughs> yeah it hurts she has her eyes wide open and she could see so well that's like a, a general not even just a shark movie trope i feel like it's like a general movie trope of you know characters underwater and they can see perfectly and so that was like also kind of getting on my nerves a bit i mean you say like oh you'd be surprised if it had that art house ending but i feel like maybe not an art house but i feel like it was setting itself up for something more subversive than what we got yeah or like there's like a big ship that comes through and she sets off the flare and you think that ship is i I thought that was the ending. I thought that ship was coming to save her. Like that, I was like, oh, Deus Ex Machina, hello. But it wasn't even that. Like it definitely kept me guessing as to like how this whole thing was going to end. Um, and I right, think I right. appreciated it for that. Um, Cause I'm, I, you like all of us, we kind of were like, oh, that means this is going to happen. Or like, oh, that's going to come back into play. Like we all really think Yeah, the flare that. not working was a nice touch. That was, right. that was great. You know, like that was right in the water. Um, that worked yeah. for me. Yeah, that those were duds. Those uh, those flares. Yeah, I agree. It's like in that moment. Um, yeah, you kind of have this this emotional roller coaster too with the character because she really thinks when she sees people on the shore, when she sees the, these ships, you know, she, she's so elated. She thinks this is it. I'm surviving, and it's like nope. You know, she she not just the physical pain, but also this like emotional like when will I get out of this? There's there's like. Um, you could see her too. I think that's what Blake Lively also brings to this performance is how how much she gets worn down mentally as she's there for like over 24 hours as like the water is rising again, which is another good moment of tension because you could see the water getting higher and higher. She has less and less ground. And so, um, yeah, I think if anything, you know, I think Blake Lively is probably the, the best part of this movie. And yeah, because it's tough to be in one of these again predicament movies where you're in like one place for like the majority of the film with one actor, how much can... with one actor. It's yeah. acting challenge. Actor. It's like uh, yeah, it is like uh, you're like you know you Tom Hanks did Castaway, mm-hmm. Matt Damon did uh, uh, Mars? The Martian, Martian, The Martian. It's always like whether it's on the A, you know, Studio A movie scale or even like the B kind of movie scale. It's an acting challenge because you have to sell it. Mm-hmm. And I have not seen Gossip Girl. I'm nothing against it. I'm sure she's very nice. Uh, I, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I know her from like from like Accepted, and I know she's a mom of three, so she's not really acting that much. But she, the roles that I've kind of seen trailers for, it seems like she is in that. She's trying to like expand her range. Right. Yeah. Well, she's and got I like give a her very... credit for that. And this is probably this is a very good way to do it because she does a very good job. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, it's like I don't know how long it would have taken to make this movie, but it, at least you know it was it was a physical challenge for her. I could tell. Oh yeah. And you're right. It's something unexpected for her. Just something more. You know, something with a darker tone, since we know her from more lighthearted material. Yeah. And yeah, because yeah, she is. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no, for me, actually, it's the opposite of that. But it's because specifically in um, she was in Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. And uh, she of the four girls, like, you know, they have, they're all types. She was the sporty one who goes like to Egypt and goes on a dig like she's rugged, like and she's known for that in some of her work. So for me, I was like this girl, 
she's about to get down and dirty like something's about to happen i and like even before watching this knew that that was how it's going to be because i saw that like gossip girl like she she's like the it girl sure like the party queen but i was expecting that like whoever saw this definitely saw her in sisterhood first i think well, that's that's one maybe that I need to check out just to get you know, a better idea of of her range because now this movie is piquing my interest more yeah, and she's great seeing seeing more from her. I mean, also like in Gossip Girl too, there's this sort of struggle that she has in that where she has to maintain the image of the all American girl, but at the same time she has a lot of struggles with with you know, different addictions, um, you know, the the stress and pressure of living that glamorous life. So there is, I think she she can. She has demonstrated that sort of dichotomy of, you know, the the all American girl, but there's way more underneath, and yeah, she definitely has has a good range there. She can get gritty. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Yeah, oh, ab- absolutely. I just don't want you guys to worry, and I don't want you to feel, um, you know, bad or anything. Cause I love you so much, and I miss you more than I ever, I ever even realized I could. Dad, I gotta get off this rock soon. Um, but I want you to know I'm gonna fight. I am. Just like she taught us. You know what's another thing, too, this movie doesn't do is uh, flashbacks. I was expecting maybe some flashbacks. Just but all the backstory. The sounds. There were just sounds of like her mom speaking, nothing visually. Right. That's like a good example of a more minimal take. Because I think that's sometimes what some of these other predicament movies will do to maybe fill up the the runtime is have some flashbacks to add to the backstory and again give us maybe like a little something more. But in this movie, they don't do that, so I was kind of happy that it's you know it's really sticking to where it is. You don't really leave that beach. Oh, this movie also. You just reminded me. Uh, this movie it came out in twenty sixteen. I do believe this was the first movie, at least for me, that showed texting in a new way. Like, it, it showed those bubbles uh, in right. the screens. I've never seen that in a movie before. Like, back in the day, people just used to text and then show you, like, in a screen. Like, this is what, yeah, this is what you're writing. You would have like, an actual z- shot of Zoom the in phone. on the camera. But right. I, I, and granted, this isn't, like, the biggest mind blown, but I, you know, that's how everybody in movies and TV do that now. But that, I do declare, or at least for me, I do think Shallows was the first. Maybe, maybe. I mean, first. I have to One check. One of the first. It's a fairly recent phenomenon. Yeah. If right. that is a phenomenon. Sorry. I had to. Um, but I definitely, there were a lot of things too about the movie that I didn't like and there was one specific one and I'm going to just say a couple words about it. I thought that the end credits ruined the entire movie for me for one reason only. Sia. So overdone. It is a Sia song. Sia plays and it's like this movie about strength and overcoming but like also I work in disability advocacy and Sia did a lot to piss the disability community off when she came oh. out with Sing, so like it knocked a couple points off for me after that. I actually enjoyed this movie and all the way up until then, and I was like, I'm done. I'm never watching this again. Goodbye. Wow. I you know. cut it off right before the credits. You know, it's you interesting. cut it off right before the credits. Right before, right before <laughs> that, and then we're good. Great movie, horrible credits. I think um, <laughs> what you- I never got that review before. Like, 
<laughs> you can, but you know, it's interesting because that's usually such like a consider like an inconsequential mm-hmm. thing from the movie makers. Like you just throw on any like, song, I guess. This. Actually, no, I don't. I don't love that at all. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a good, uh, if anything, the takeaway is, you know, no part of a movie should be taken for granted. <laughs> and <laughs> honestly, know? like this was in 2016 that this movie was made and what, you know, the controversy with Sia was within the last two years. So it's, it's mm. time does that. And she probably filmed that movie. If I read anything about that movie, she probably filmed it in 2016 because it took so budget problems and whatever to get made. Uh, Yeah. Well, this you also mentioned in your in your notes, Keith, that um, this movie was like the script had been floating around for a while, and you know it just it feels like a blacklist. Like uh, you know the I don't want the guy I uh, does not really have a Wikipedia. There's really not that much. To research on but the writer just to give him anthony jaswinski i us polish people cannot uh anyway <laughs> he wrote this script and like probably when he was very young and uh i don't know he put it on the blacklist and it lasted for like you know a couple years and uh you know a studio uh producer found it like i don't know it's like well, it definitely feels like a script that's been floating around for a while Mm, I could see that. Yeah, because it's it to me. It, again, it's such it's like an idea movie, like you know, maybe like an elevator pitch kind of movie, and I can see it. I mean, like an aspiring writer, it's like their first one of their first attempts at like a feature. Yeah, because it is such like a simplistic idea. You know, you're not again, you're not going to like a million different places. You're not juggling a ton of characters or plots. It's very straightforward and again, very minimal. These movies so, will make you money too. Like this is like if you're. Yeah, I'm not Mr. Business, but if you're like starting a production company, uh, make horror movies or make thrillers. Uh, doesn't matter right, on right. quality, but if you make them for like a million dollars, you know, teens will go see it over like the weekend. It'll make like 50. It's not always a guaranteed success, but it's work. You don't, you don't need, a, you know, as high of returns mm-hmm. for success, but, um, yeah, the I the other thing is too, there is a love of shark content in America. I mean, oh, again, yeah. ever since ever since Jaws, and not only have we gotten all those all these shark movies over the years, but yeah, you know, Discovery Channel does Shark Week. You know, mm-hmm. people love these like documentaries on sharks and whatnot. So you know, it's just if you make a you know, another shark movie and it's been a while since the last one, people will go out and see it. Again, it's a summertime movie. It's you know a, a quick watch. So everything about it seems like it would make sense if you're Mr. Business, which yeah. <laughs> I miss the studio like, Hollywood. miss the studio. For me too, like this is a thriller that I would go see and I don't like thrillers, but the draw for me would be like lively. Whereas it'd be like a couple's kind of thing. He's in it for the thriller and she's in it because she loves Gossip Girl or... Traveling pants, sure. all of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, also for everybody. Exactly, and I think the you know, the thrills in this, you know, you get you know some violence, but not really that much. And the first half of the movie, at least, you're just getting a very like serene, almost like cerebral uh, experience of just like people out in the ocean and just embracing nature. And it's, it's very calm in the beginning, almost like dreadfully so. Cause again, you go into it, knowing yeah, it's a shark movie. Yeah. So there is a bit of tension, like when the shark is going to show up, but at the same time, you can kind of just like enjoy these, 
just you know beautifully shot sequences and also you know like there was another effect i kind of liked um during those surfing sequences especially when blake lively is like paddling on her surfboard like she's laying on it where the camera is going in and out of the water and i found that to be like really Mm -hmm. serene this like uh, audio effect of you hearing the underwater and a button the surface like you would if you're really treading water and to me like that was kind of setting up the um the setting like really really well like the environment of where we are and i just again i found that kind of like so peaceful in a way <laughs> you know again like this Very establishing beautiful. you know it was so naturalistic that i i don't think i've seen that in too many other movies that sort of like in and out of the water effect um but you know what you do get too going back to some of the cliches this movie is doing is the shark POV, mm-hmm. you know, like the camera underwater moving around and then it goes up to a person. And at times it's a fake out, but by the end of the movie, it's like, it really is the shark coming at her. And uh, again, like Jaws did it. And so all these other shark movies have to do it. Unfortunately, the fake out, the fake out. Yeah. Shot. I have one last question. Uh, the shark in Jaws had a vendetta too, right? Like that was that was an abnormal yes. shark. More like, I, I'm not comparing in some way, but like the shark that was doing some non-sharky things. Well, especially when they're on the boat, like the shark is like, you know, the shark jumps on the boat for crying out loud. Like that's, you know, that shark not really had it out for them. Yeah. That, that that shark was like very strategic taking down that boat and then well they did of course, say they the would craziest. need a bigger one they did say they would need a bigger it, boat and they weren't wrong we need yeah, a bigger chief brody was not wrong uh <laughs> she needed a bigger rock in this one but in terms of sharks having vendettas the, the there actually is jaws 4 jaws the revenge <laughs> is literally the shark wants revenge against Chief Brody's family. Are you familiar with the fourth Jaws movie, Mel? I am not, <laughs> as you can tell by my face. I don't. I think I've seen the second. It's a fun I movie. Seen, I hadn't seen the original Jaws, believe it or not, until my junior year of college. So very, oh, wow. re- very recently. But I like was studying communications and film and all that. So I was like, oh, I have to watch this movie. Like I can't not watch yeah. this movie. And I'm, I'm glad I did. I'm obsessed with it. I would watch it any day it's on. It's an excellent yeah, it's movie. Like, it's a perfect well, film. It, it is. It's one of the most watchable movies, and I always I always like to have it, it on during Fourth of July. Yeah. Um, but it's unfortunate the sequels were so poor. I mean, I find <laughs> the second one kind of boring, and then the third one is like ludicrous. It's three D, and the effects are terrible. But then the fourth one is so ludicrous. The shark wants revenge against Chief Brody's family because of him killing sharks in the first two movies. Like, how does he know? How does the shark know who Chief Brody's family members are? And where to travels, find them what they look like and it travels it follows them like across like from to a different ocean to across That's like absurd. the other side yeah. of the country and yeah like in the beginning like they're in amity which is like i guess new england or something this is a shark and then they go to the bahamas and the shark follows them <laughs> to the bahamas it goes all the way down the eastern seaboard and catches up with them it is so freaking crazy That's and you trippy. know it's it makes no sense. And what's crazy too is in all four Jaws movies, the shark explodes. By the fourth movie, it Spoiler. explodes for no reason. You gotta give them what they want. They come Sorry. for the explosion. For the, the exploding, exploding shark. shark. The exploding <laughs> sharks. I'm not a fan of 
killing i don't i don't like encouraging shark killing they're an endangered species people so if you do encounter one try not to explode it unless they have a vendetta unless it's either you or it (laughs) unless they have it out for your family for some reason uh just totally crazy i will say before we get into our final scores here as crazy as jaws the revenge is or sharknado i think the most insane premise for a shark movie has to, it, it's a sci-fi movie, um, Ghost Shark. That is <laughs> the most. I've that. I'll, it's an impossible premise to overcome for the characters. This is the idea of Ghost Shark. Sounds it is. Like a, it. <laughs> it's a. It's you know obviously it's the ghost of a shark that it can attack and kill people, but it can attack and kill you if you're touching any water of any kind. So that includes a pool. The shower, drinking a glass of water, it can come out and kill you. It makes no the sense. The best way to watch that movie is with JJ doing audio visual commentary. Hey. I'm gonna fight just like she taught us. Okay, guys. So we've talked up and down about the shallows and I guess the shark genre in general. But uh, I think we can now get into our final scores for the shallows. So Mel, why don't you start us off? What is your final final thoughts and your percentage score for the shallows? Okay, 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 cool, 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 cool. Um, I would say if I were rating this, I'm gonna do this on a couple different levels. I love this film as a surf film. Like in the first half of the movie, it just like was flawless. I, I couldn't take my eyes off the screen, so that for me got a very high score, but as I said, it I did take some points off. Uh Minus 10 to 20 points. I'm going to say negative 20 points off of what my score was. So I'm going to give it a 40%. Oh, wow. Okay, 40%. And it's all because of CF. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just this goes to show. um, I don't love cheap thrills. No, that's fair. Cheap pills when for the longest time. (laughs) Shark thrills. I don't know. All right, so for 40 percent from Mel, and no, hey, that's why we bring you on here to get the the real honest opinions. So, uh, Keith, what about you? What where are you standing? Uh, when it comes to like in a pickle movies, uh, there are like there are really good ones, and I'm not even I'm not talking about like the A list kinds. I'm talking about like the B movie kinds, and I. I would highly suggest Crawl, which is, I would say, kind of does, kind of the shallows walk so Crawl could run. I know, I know. So I Crawl know, could I crawl. <laughs> <laughs> you should have thought of that before you started saying um, it. <laughs> but it's, uh, this movie is elevated so much by Blake Lively's performance and the directing. Uh, I. How I'm gonna grade it is just like I'm not going out of my way to watch it, and it's it's fine with a small case F. It's better than mediocre, but it's fine. So if I were if it was on, I'd be like, I'm I was ha- I'm happy. I enjoyed it. It's not worth getting mad over, even with its mistakes. 
per, uh, I'm going to give it a 65. Yeah. 65. That's what my score would have been close to. Had not had if you just cut <laughs> off right before the credits, <laughs> it would have been a completely off. different it movie would, for It you. would have been a 60% for me. It would have been there. I agree with you, Keith. That's what I'm saying. Man. Um, the most damning credits I've ever heard of. <laughs> I'm drinking water, too. I'm not even like minimal i'm trying to think of other credit i've never like my genuine i, genuine I understand uh i understand it and we've talked about it before i understand where you're coming from i have heard i have heard crazier reasons to not like a movie so <laughs> fair enough that's all that matters um yeah for me like i'm glad i saw it once i don't know if i'll seek it out again or really you know again maybe like bits and pieces if it's on tv but you know, um, I'm ultimately disappointed because I thought we were getting this sleek new kind of shark movie and it ended up being more of a typical shark movie. Um, worth viewing once, I would say. So for that, I would give it a 60% just on that fresh line for me. It's just good enough for once, but I don't think really so much after that. So what is our, uh, what is our average score there, Keith? It's a 55. 55%. So that is a rotten score. So therefore, I officially declare that on the shallows, we are siding with the audience. Uh, yeah, you know, I think with, I think audiences generally give these sort of predicament movies lower scores anyway. I feel like audiences get a little more impatient than critics. I think critics are willing to, you know, kind of sit in one setting longer than a typical movie. Going. A lot of the audience was like, this is not how a shark acts. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> Which, like, <laughs> what do you want, that... people? You write a shark movie. That's kind of arbitrary, too. You kind of need, like, I guess, a crazy shark to make a shark movie work. Do, do, I don't do, know. Do, 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 crazy shark. Do, do, do. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a grandpa shark. He's He's gone uh, off his rocker. I think they declared, or I think they did research and they said, like, it's a female shark. They're more aggressive. I'm like, hey, <laughs> a shark is a shark that's a, like a, a shark with a vendetta is beyond gender. <laughs> it's you, uh, beyond logic. <laughs> well, we always have like the most fun conversations when you're on the podcast with us. So thank you again for, for joining Aww, us. Thanks guys for having me. I miss you. It's always a, it's always a blast love seeing you, and, and it's even better being on it. So I love it. As thank a you for and it's coming a on. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Uh, this has been a lot of fun, and uh, if everyone out there, uh, thanks for listening as always, and look out for more divided film soon. Bye.